question by asking you two questions. One, is this or is this not? Chasing history. Jake Larson. I'm ready for some Monday night concussion protocol. And two-time Nebraska walk-on tryout participant Colton Stone. Sometimes it just like replays through my head. It's just like, wow. Yes, it is. Two, do I, or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. Good morning, beautiful people. I keep it, wanting to hear Vietnam instead of beautiful people. <laughs> Good morning. No, I'm not going to say it. Sorry. It's that time of the week, Friday morning. It's 10 a.m., uh, 9 Mountain Time, 8 Pacific Time, you know, wherever you're listening o- to 11 us. Eastern. 11 Eastern. That's Eastern. where most of our fan base comes from. <laughs> Chasing history, Colton Stone, Jake Larson. Jake, how are you this morning? I'm doing pretty good. I'd have to say. Just pretty good. Yeah, just pretty good. Done better before, I guess, but, you know, I'm still doing pretty good, so. You survived yesterday? Yes, I did. Had an interesting day, but, you know. They had, the hospital had the cups. They did. They had, they had those old 90s, they had those old 90s plastic cups there, but uh, I'm doing great, and now I'm, I'm back, I'm back at it. I'm back. I'm going to go back just to take the cups. Oh, yeah, I almost did. I almost smuggled them out. But, you should have. You know, but I, I'm sure we can find them at your local grocer, <laughs> grocery store. I don't think you can. Oh, okay. Well, I guess, <laughs> guess it's time to uh, stop drinking. All right, and that's anything. been – no. <laughs> uh, as we do every week, we're going to have our, you know, stats of the week, players of the week, our uh, – what we talked about before we came on air, the uh, worst baseball beatdown of the of the previous week. I think uh, we had one last week, thirty-two to four, Arkansas Bucknell. This uh, one, the next one, we're not going to say the score right now, but it is the fourth largest margin of defeat in college baseball history. I think what was oh, and I don't want to give it away, but like some of the just the box, looking the box score, like made it's me errors. Cry. It's just like. I didn't even look at like the full thing. I'm like, sure it's worse. I think I think Mississippi Valley State. That's one of the teams involved. Uh, they were the losers. Yes, I think. No offense. I think New Mexico uh, State was the winner. I think that Westside High School, my 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 Warriors, could have could have could have yeah could have could have definitely taken them on. Hey, when I when we were both in high school, they were pretty good. Yeah, my my sophomore year, they had uh, one of the most successful high school baseball teams in the state of Nebraska history. Yeah, maybe the most. Um, I do somewhere. Frantically types. I think they finished when you include their high school season and their summer season. They were like eighty-two and like ten, or something like that, and they went to the finals of the. Um, a national legion tournament so yeah and it featured that team featured uh three huskers on there uh jake myers the waldron boys the waldron boys and jake meyer so i went to middle school with the waldrons oh you did Hmm. and everyone was kind of upset when they said they were going to go to omaha west side because kiwit middle school is right down the street from miller north so everyone kind of thought like that's where everyone was feeding into Mm -hmm. and then they went to west side because of the baseball program and we're like oh Oh okay. Oh okay. <laughs> well, and I we, heard just, we just don't get that anymore. Well, you know, well that's okay because you know we all we have baseball. We have baseball. Right? You have like every other sport. So football. North. I don't know if that's every other sport, but no. well, that's the one that matters. <laughs> that's so. the one that everyone cares. That's about. the one that everyone actually goes to. So, all right. Well, Jake, well, I think the Huskers play some sports today. I'm not sure which one. I think it's actually, the one where the, they play baseball. I think the, it's the one where the. I know that they pl- they're playing the the game where the ball goes through the hoop. Football. Yes, they play <laughs> football today against Michigan in both men's and women's. It's, <laughs> wow! Wow! It's uh, national flag football. Uh, no, one twenty-five our time. Well, that's what it's set to be. Who knows what the game will do before them? That'll mm-hmm. push it back by three hours. But Michigan. Well, yeah, hopefully they don't have another. Uh, UConn-Syracuse game where there's six overtimes in a conference tournament. Well, I'm going to get to that once we start talking about women's basketball. I'm not heated about it. It was just, like, really interesting. You sound pretty heated about it. I'm going to start yelling. No, uh, no, it was actually really cool, but uh, we'll talk about men's first. So, number 15, Michigan, which I guess I didn't realize they ranked that high, so that's a Q1 win. Uh, it, and Nebraska, 125 on BTN. I... 
Okay, so a lot of people are kind of saying like the Huskers are that they're in, mm-hmm. like in the tournament, like kind of no matter what happens. But at the same time, you have to think you've got to get one. Like you have, yeah, to, you no, have to beat Michigan. Right? It's 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 on the fence, but kind of fallen in right now. But if they uh, they win Michigan, it's automatic. Do you think it's just going to take one? Well, yeah, because that's a Q1 win in Nebraska. Is, you know, every if you look at their record and everyone's freaking out, it's like, how are they not considered when you look at their record and blah, blah, blah. Um, beating a, a team like this on a neutral site is just going to be like, okay, they actually are good is how I see it. I was – what? sorry, I lost my train of thought here. Yes, you did. Some people – uh, are also saying they may have to beat Michigan State too to pick up like that extra quality win. Which would that help? Yeah, no. I mean, I think yeah. that would make it. No, I'd, for no, I'd, sure. No, I'd kill their chances. No. It, <laughs> you know, if they beat Michigan State, it's actually worse for them because now there's not a quality team for them to play. Men's basketball, Rutgers beat Indiana last night. We yes. almost saw all the lower seeds win in the second round mm-hmm. because uh, Iowa took. Michigan to overtime. The nine beat the eight in Wisconsin. That's the only time I'll ever root for Iowa. I kind of wanted them to, but at the same time, if Nebraska plays Iowa, is, do they get the credit as much for that win as? Not Michigan? as much, but Michigan still lost. Because your your unideal situation right now would be if you would have played Iowa and then you would have had to play Wisconsin if they were to somehow beat Michigan State. And then Rutgers beats Indiana last night as the 14 seed. So I've already picked Rutgers to beat Purdue. Fair. I like your logic. Well, they were. I picked Rutgers to win immediately last night. And I said, watch, Rutgers is going to beat Purdue tomorrow. And they're like, well, they have to win this game first. And they were down like 21 to 5. Like it was just, it was bad. They were down oh, like 16 yeah, it was- points. And then I, they came yeah. back. They went on a twenty-one to four run, and you look, and it's like, oh man, like, you just, they might just, be able to do this. It just replays in your mind. It's like, wow, <laughs> wow. Uh, but no, the like you just like you had the situation where you almost had all the like lower teams winning, and I think uh, I, I said it last night. When, when is Tim Miles going to say that that Mich- the not Michigan State, sorry, Mississippi State and Iowa State, those games they played like neutral side or on the road those like secret like mm-hmm. you know off-season games yeah. when are we going to start including those into their rpi no <laughs> <We're>, like really <laughs> people forget we beat iowa state people forget that we beat michigan or uh, mississippi state if we beat michigan state that'd be i mean that'd be, We'd be a lock oh yeah just replaced through my head I'm just it's oh, like wow all right so obviously they beat them 72 to 52 last time they played mm-hmm. and You'd think that one Michigan would try to build around what they failed to do the last time, mm-hmm. and Nebraska would attempt to do the exact same thing they did the last time. Yes, make every single shot, make every shot, and don't let them make any. Because uh, what was it? Uh, Michigan was like three of nineteen against Iowa from beyond the arc, and something like that. And you can't rely on them being three of nineteen. Mm-hmm. So I, I like I don't know what. I mean, I know what Nebraska has to do to beat Michigan is score more points, but that's a little too obvious. I like. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, I really like that insight. Thank you. Absolutely. I worked really hard on that. <laughs> um, I'm just like trying to figure out how, what Michigan's going to come out and do. Are they still going to try to come out and play their normal game? Because Nebraska held them to so few like made three pointers. It's like all you have to do is drive on Nebraska, and you're going to like you'll have a chance to score. And they just didn't. They just, like, refused to play in the paint. Yeah. Because, you know, you don't want to mess with Jory Schmanga. <laughs> hey, man, he's been playing pretty good. You know, you're not wrong. He's been playing you're not pretty wrong. good. My, my guy on that team is still Copeland. That's not going to change for a while. Palmer's Palmer's the kid that, like, you kind of rely on to go out and get, like, 15 to 20. But Copeland can, like – He does Copeland every, feels he, like he's you a, can – He's more of a two-way player. Right. Copeland feels like you kind of – like, you can – flip a game like a, the game's energy mm-hmm. if copeland gets hot yeah and he's really consistent i feel like and there's like the he'll, he kind of like quietly get like 12 and 8 12 and 6 whatever and then there's a night where he'll score like 22 mm-hmm. it's like okay i think, I think nice. what it is is it's like i'm trying to think of an example 
But just scoring more points doesn't make you a better player. Like, um, to me, like, the definitive scorer is Vince Carter because that's literally all he could do. Mm-hmm. Like, he could not play defense at all. And, it, and But you look at his points, and, yeah, he scored more points than uh, – he's probably – he's definitely scored more points per game, I'd say, in his prime than, like, a guy like John Wall did. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you who quickly who I'll take, and that's John Wall because he can, you know, he can play two way, he can dish out. Now I know that John Wall's a point guard and Copeland's a center, but I think it makes my point. I honestly feel like the really the centerpiece of this team is uh, Copeland. He well, really Copeland's he, like he gets in and stretch four, and he and he gets the dirty work done too, as well. And you know Palmer just drives to the lane somehow, even though he's the slowest slasher I've ever seen. <laughs> You've got to think what's been really interesting is you've got a guy in Glenn Watson who went from being basically green lights always on, he's going to shoot whenever, he can shoot whenever, right, Mm -hmm. to less of a shooting role into more of a facilitating, which as a point guard, I mean, that's kind of what what you're supposed to do anyways. But he's basically just become like a defensive player. And you talk about, like, two-way, like, yeah, he can play offense and, yeah, he can score, but obviously his main focus is going to be passing. But he's, like, come out and played really, really good defense against some, like, halfway decent point guards in the Big Ten. And so you got to think that if, like, Glenn can get it going on defense and just get, you know, six, eight assists, maybe get ten points, eight points, whatever it is, like, that'll be huge. Because it's uh, like I think they'll find ways to exploit Michigan's defense. Yeah, even you mentioned that. It just reminds me. I remember looking at stats for Nebraska history. Nebraska basketball's history, and um, Nebraska's never really had a really successful point guard when it comes to being a playmaker. Cookie Miller. Oh my goodness. Um yeah. Uh Penny Parker. There's no there's never been a guy who's averaged more than like I think the most there's ever been in a season is a guy averaging like five point two assists in a season for Nebraska. Oh, I thought we were going points. I was like, wait, no, no Toronto no, points. is a score. No, no points. Like I think every yeah, my playmaker, I mean who gets assists? Who sets up plays? Right, okay. About every single point guard Nebraska's okay. ever had is a scoring point guard, which is fine, but I see the, the role in the point guard as being someone who really just makes things happen, not just does things for themselves. Right. <laughs> and and so, yeah, it just that's why like it annoys me. Nebraska just never really moves the ball around, and I think it's just been a historical thing. And I think they've started to get better about they've, it. They, they did this year because um, – I think they realized it was an issue. Yeah, I think this year they've, they're averaging 14, 15 assists, which is fine. It's not a great number, but it's you know up from the 14 team that I know for a fact had eight assists a game, which is disgusting. Does, think about how few times you have to pass the ball to only get eight assists, or how few times you have to score on times that you got past the ball <laughs> for it to count as an assist. Like, yeah. that's how... Why? Yeah, I wish I had the answers to these questions. I I think Nebraska gets it done though. I think that they just they know Michigan well enough. They know what they have to do against Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um I think it'll be close, but I hope they're uh also kind of relying on not relying on it, you shouldn't assume, but I hope that you know, they may or, maybe are catching Michigan on some tired legs after having to play an overtime game against an okay Iowa team, not a very good one, but I don't. I think they get it done. Uh, I don't know. Well, we we can only hope. Seventy four, sixty six. Yeah, seventy four, sixty eight, somewhere in there. Six to eight points, somewhere in there. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, seventy four, sixty eight. I'm gonna stick with that. Yeah, Michigan. No, Nebraska. Nebraska. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, I'm gonna. I'm going to be honest here. I think it's going to be... Jinx me. It's, you know, 72, 65, Michigan. Yeah? I think so. All right. I mean, I want Nebraska to win, but... Someone's got to pick Michigan. That way yeah. Nebraska can win. Yeah, and the, the, and the people that are going to pick Michigan are the people in 
in Ann Arbor. Yeah, well. And about maybe everywhere else. <laughs> and about everywhere. Well, another game that's featuring Michigan and Nebraska, the women's tournament. Uh, what? 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 Uh, Nebraska, a four and five for Michigan in the men's, three and six in the women's. Now, the point I wanted to get to uh, about the women's basketball was last night, uh, Indiana, let me double check this. I think Indiana won the game, but it was a four overtime game between Indiana and Michigan State, and neither of them were to see who Nebraska was playing. So I don't know why we were so invested other than we needed the score. It was 111 to 109, Indiana. How many bench points do you think Indiana had? A decent amount. Zero. Oh, okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Zero? Zero. And how many points did they score again? 111. That is the worst bench ever. Zero. They did were, they, did they, they have were like a bench? The, they were in like the third or fourth overtime, and they had someone playing with four fouls. Which is fine, because obviously you're not fouled out with well, four pre- fouls. But Clearly their bench was garbage. So that's why they left them out there. I mean, here's the thing. Indiana only played seven. They played a rotation of seven players. So they only... Only two people even came off the bench, and they combined for only 22 minutes. Cahill, who is, uh, you know, other than the fact that she scored 38 points, is arguably like Indiana's best player. Mm-hmm. She played the full 60 minutes. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that's my favorite show. <laughs> what is 60 minutes? 60 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. I've never. Bus also played 60 minutes. Penn almost played 60 minutes. It's just like they. They just like rode, they rode their starters and it worked. We were trying to figure out if that's the most points. And I should have had one of us look this up. If that's the most points scored by a starting five. You, I'm too lazy. But by only, by like only the starting five. Mm -hmm. Because zero points from the bench, like that's, that's insane. Because here's their, here was their line, 38 points. 14 points, 19 points, 24 points, 16 points, 111. And they won. I just feel bad for Indiana having to go into the next round. Like, <laughs> you just played four play, four people for like 60 minutes, and you have to go do it again. I don't know. It was insane. So, hopefully, hopefully they, they, uh, playing 60 minutes maybe hopefully they didn't wear out their starters at to the point oh. where they can score only like play about eight minutes each oh well, yeah well geez well if that's the case their their bench is going to see the most production they've ever had really i think they're going to have to have their coach go out and play yeah. is there el- eligibility left probably hopefully so indiana takes on maryland today iowa plays minnesota women's uh, Rutgers, Ohio State, and then Michigan, Nebraska, the night game. So Michigan and Nebraska. Um, I think I got heated about this about two weeks ago. I think we talked about like what quality wins Nebraska had and their RPI and blah blah blah, whatever. I am still upset about the Michigan game because they got. <laughs> I, I remember the word I used the last time, but they got screwed basically against Michigan in that overtime game by a call that should not have been a foul beyond the three-point line so they should have already had a win over michigan but instead they got a loss in overtime i beat him by 10 that's not the point Uh, okay anyways i like i just think you know you you get those times where like if these two teams played right now so and so would win. Well, if these two teams played right now, which they are going to, mm-hmm. I think Nebraska would. No, Nebraska going like, win. I don't. I don't think Michigan like really had it against them the first time, and they kind of just like, you know, outworked them at the end. I'm sure Nebraska kind of got, you know, fell on, like, what do we do now? Because they even let them get into the overtime. But I just like I don't. I don't see Nebraska losing this game against Michigan. No, they're not. They're gonna win. You got to take. That's they, it. They're, they're, they're going to win. win. Yeah. Um, score. Score. <laughs> Scoreboard. 60-50. 60-50. It's a little low scoring. A little Oscars' bit. last five games, they've scored 75-59. I'll go 64-54. 75-79-51. 
64, 54. There we go. 64, 54. Yeah, I thought that might have been a little bit low, but I think that's not. I mean, a little bit. It is a tournament game, so you you wouldn't expect it to be like a blowout, I suppose. But, but it will be. And also, I think this is just my experience, but I've seen like a lot of like low scoring conference tournament games. Because, like, playing in a venue you're not used to can really throw off shooting more than people think. Well, yeah, other than Indiana and and Michigan State. Well, yeah, four overtime. An extra extra half, you know, helps out. I meant to look. So, in the four overtimes combined, it was, like, 37 to 35. So, that would still mean that they scored, what, 79 going into the, the No, that's not right. Sorry. 70. I don't know. I can't do math. I'm trying to like... <laughs> I can't count past like eight. <laughs> and you can't read. Here we yeah. go. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had to, that one's valid. Um, I don't know. I just like... The more and more like I look at... I like look at their bracketology or whatever, which I don't put that much weight into it, but they have Purdue, Rutgers, and Minnesota all ahead of Nebraska mm-hmm. in the women's bracket, bracketology. should say the actual bracket. But Nebraska beat all three of those teams. They also beat Iowa twice. They beat Rutgers when they were ranked. But I wish I had the answers to they're, like, questions. chilling out, like, four spots behind, like, Purdue. And it's like, what? They're – what? I just – I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me, and I just eh. – It blows my mind. It's just like, wow. It's just like, wow. I don't know. Like that's why I don't. I don't like this whole bracketology thing because, like, then you start. Do they do that? Do they do that the stupid quad system for that too? I don't know. I was thinking about it last night. I, I don't know if they do Q one, Q you know whatever, or if I test. If they think you could beat UConn, you make the tournament. If they think you would score you against within, UConn, if you can hold yourself within twenty to UConn, you make the tournament. There you go. That's so that's apparently. The eye test. Well, I'm trying to remember what's the name of the UConn coach again. Gino Ariema. That's Oriyama. okay. Yep. So apparently he's like up for coach of the year, and and everyone's like, oh really? Is it, <laughs> what a surprise! You, well, Amy Williams got coach of the year for the Big Ten. Yeah. For the Big Ten. So, congrats to coach. But Amy I mean, Williams. like, it's just like. But no, well, the, that's like unfair because of course. Well, it's like giving LeBron James the MVP every year. It's like giving Bill Belichick coach of the year every year. I mean, that's what he is. He's Bill Belichick no. of women's basketball. Yes. Mm. Yes. Because both of them use left, uh, left-footed left punters. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> is that a fact? Uh, yeah, actually, Bill we Belichick. We call in a Gino Oriema and see if he uses <laughs> left-footed punters. He's like, hey, is the punter on your uh, women's basketball team left-footed? And said, like, what? It's like, yes, we asked you. You heard us correctly, sir. You want an answer? Do you know Gino Oriama has a podcast? Really? Yeah. Well, that's also, one thing we're better at in that. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, he might be better as, than us at that, too. He's, um, like, super short. He's, like, five, whatever. You know, like, Gino Oriama is, like, not your ideal, like, basketball. who you think would be coaching any basketball. I remember. Do you see that, you see that video of Stan Van Gundy dribbling? No. I, Stan Van Gundy does not look like the most athletic coach in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He's got handles. Well, I'm sure he does. Like major. It's a ma- big mood. But yeah, go- <laughs> going to uh, with the the coaching height thing, I remember one time we went to a uh, back, back in the dark days of me being a Creighton fan, we went to St. Louis for the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. And Creighton was playing Indiana State home of uh, Larry Bird, mm-hmm. and uh, the coach for Indiana State, I don't remember his name, but he did not look like he'd played basketball before. He did not look like it at all. Tiny little guy. <laughs> and someone holds, up a, someone holds up a sign that says, you must be at least four foot seven to coach an NCAA basketball team. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> it's one of the funniest signs I've ever seen. That is, That's awesome. Oh, it was great. I uh, I approve. Okay, but anyways, I guess I'm, I, uh, I don't want to start yelling about women's basketball. I don't want to start yelling about anything. I want you to yell at me. It gets scary. Anyways, <laughs> no, I think Nebraska beats them. I think yes. Um, 
You said what, 64-54? Mm-hmm. I think Nebraska gets up in the 70s. Yeah, I can see it. 72. Mm-hmm. Uh, 11. I like <laughs> Hot it. take. That's, no, I like Hot it. Take. That's a UConn score right there. Yeah, really. That would be like 104 to 11. They're going to hold Michigan to four points, one per quarter. No, it's uh, – give me – That happened to Westside once. Wow. We were, a state wow. tournament. Yeah, because state tournament's coming up, by the way. Um, well, girls is playing right now. Right now, yeah. Yep. Remember my senior year we went to um, – I was in the pep band for Westside. We went to go see uh, – West Side girls basketball play. And the end of the first quarter against Millard West, 18 to 1. And so I turned and look at my band director and I'm like, 72 to 4? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think we can do it. Did you? We actually uh, ex- uh, exceeded those expectations. Eight I think points. we only lost by about 30. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it was good. It was well, a good, good game. Um, since I still haven't given out a score here, uh, 72, I just like don't know what Michigan was score. 59, let's do that. 72-59. Because yeah. I didn't want to give the exact same score as what the Nebraska men's beat them by. So 72-59, that is, uh, that's my number. So, right. hey Jake, uh, yeah. what, what? I think there's some former Huskers at something called the NFL Combine. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> That wasn't very nice. <laughs> they're trying. They're trying their best. They're doing better than I think. Like. I think <laughs> I made a pretty good joke last night. Maybe I didn't, but I said oh. that I, I I asked if Tanner Lee was throwing at the combine, and someone said, "Yeah." I was like, "Well, maybe they should put a defender out there so that he can <laughs> throw better." He keeps accidentally throwing it to Rich Eisen. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when Rich Eisen ran? He does it every 40? year. I know, but isn't it funny that like he'll put on cleats? But he won't put on, like, athletic clothes. Oh, no, he keeps like, on the suit. It's the great. Suit. Rich Eisen's awesome. We should go. Once Rich Eisen left suit. ESPN, that was that was when uh, ESPN knew. started to die. Uh, so they aren't at the combine. <laughs> what is it? It's uh, Tanner Lee, uh, Joshua Clue, Nick Gates, Chris Jones. Who am I forgetting? Chris Jones. Uh, um, Drew Brown. Yeah, Drew Brown. Drew Brown. Drew Brown's going to go out and uh, rep 25 at 225 on the bench. Absolutely. He's just going to go out there and crush it. Uh, They're going to turn him into an outside linebacker. <laughs> that that kicks. That kicks also. A safety that kicks. So, I'd, be, I'd be interested in that. Yeah, strong safety. I could see him as a strong safety. Why not? He might be a little too small. Free safety. There we go. Yeah. He's not strong enough to be a strong state. He's going to be free state. So, uh, I I don't know. I'm kind of one of those people that I, I like, care about the combine and, like, some of the numbers, but at the same time, I have like, cared I about don't. it this year just to see um, how wrong everyone is about ranking Josh Allen so Damn high. Me. Oh. That, too. Um, about ranking Josh Allen so high because I will absolutely stick as hard as I can in my gut feeling – the best quarterback in this draft is Lamar Jackson. We're going. We're going there already. Uh, I'm going there right now. We're going there. We're right going now. zero to 100. J- Lamar Jackson is the best quarterback in the draft. If he's not the best, he's the second best. Yeah, he's the most athletic quarterback in the draft well, well, by, yeah. by far. Oh, yeah, by far. He may be. Honestly, how I see it is, Michael Vick was the number one overall draft pick. Correct. There's no reason. So is Vince Young, right? Oh God, we have to look this up. I think I think I looked up. It was for a different stat. It was like the racial bias against black quarterbacks. But I think Vince Young and Jamarcus Russell. He was a are third. He was a third round. He, oh, you know, he was the first round pick, but he was third. Mm. It was Mario Williams was number one, which was, good, which was a risky choice, but it paid off because number two was the Reggie. Texans, right? Yes, in number because number two is Reggie Bush. Oh, that's right, because it was Bush and Young they thought like were that, potentially going to go 1-2. Yeah, and then Mario Williams, who ends up being probably one of the best players in that entire draft, arguably. Yeah. Um, Vince Young, DeBrickashaw Ferguson, that was one of my favorite names. Oh, what was the other one? There was... Jake, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There, I remember they had uh, the Browns drafted a player just like – uh, two years ago, maybe they had DeBrickashaw Ferguson. They had the other guy that had like a really odd name, and I like I want to figure what 
figure out what it was. So I will look for it. But um, no, I I guess my thing is like Bill Polian said, Lamar Jackson is too small, quote end quote, mm-hmm. to play quarterback in the NFL. So apparently, I'm also too short to play quarterback at the ripe height of six foot three. Uh, but yeah. I, I believe, and I don't, you know, yeah, Doug me if Flutie. I'm, you know, correct d- me if I'm wrong. I think there's a Super Bowl champion by the name of Drew Brees that stands at five foot eleven. <laughs> yeah, there's also Doug, Russell Wilson's like five foot eleven too. Yeah, and Doug Flutie, who was a Pro Bowler in his first year back in the NFL and like at the age of 34 after playing Canadian forever Doug Flutie was like 59 yeah and he was a he was a pro bowl and he and, he, and he, he won number Bills. 22 and he yeah one second uh, Flutie I'm going to like I don't understand this it, like that's just Josh Allen over Lamar Jackson Re, like I want to I want to go ahead with the joke about how I want to draft um, I want to draft uh, Josh Allen because of his height, but I I can't do it. Lamar Jackson's just so much better. Like, he's got a cannon for an arm. Uh, he's like I said earlier. If if La, Michael Vick is a number one pit overall pick, Lamar Jackson is whatever is higher than now, a number one overall pick. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't, you know, compare them directly. No, no, he was also 5'10", but still, I mean. Michael Vick was 5'10"? Uh, no, Doug Flutie. Oh. He was still, but I mean, still, he got a Pro Bowl and a Heisman Trophy and all that well, the stuff. The thing with Michael Vick is I think they, they trusted his passing more coming out of college. A lot of people aren't trusting that uh, Lamar Jackson can throw, but then you look at, you look how, at the stats and you look can, at how and can, bad of an offensive line he had he had the probably the worst offensive line one of the worst offensive lines in the country and if we want to talk about like what we talk about on this show statistically speaking his senior year or his last year whatever you want to call it yeah was more efficient and than his his heisman trophy winning year yeah but the difference was that he didn't grab his crotch on the sideline and so he's not as a you know and that's what's going to win he's not you. as electrifying and that's what's going to win you heisman and like because they always well, talk and about he wasn't on heisman is just such a garbage trophy it's 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 given to the mo the the quarterback that makes the most headlines it has nothing it's to given do with to the how quarterback well they play. on the best team mm-hmm. and who may, a running and, back no, is just that much better unless it's whoever is the whichever player makes the most headlines that season it's nothing about stats well no it's that's why the, that's why manzel won yeah, that's why Manziel won. That's why Winston won. But then you look back and you you go through how many of these players were on either a BCS bowl team, a national championship, and, that, and that's a huge part of it too. Because because you you make headlines if you're on a good team. That's the thing. Because well, Lamar Jackson is a quiet. He's a good quiet kid. But they also he plays on, for Louisville. When he won he's the, not going to win a Heisman when Trophy. They, when he won the Heisman, he, they went on like a three game skid because. They weren't that good of a team, oh, to be were, honest. No, they were they were not good. And then they I think they were what, six and six or seven and five last year? Yeah, seven and five. How you can't and and it sounds wrong, but you could rush for four thousand yards and which would shatter records. But if you're on a six and six team, you're you're probably not gonna win the Heisman. Like how crazy is that? The one I was the most upset about, Rashad Petty didn't even get an invite to New York. San Diego State. He played behind uh, Donnell Pumphrey last year and rushed for like a thousand yards. And then he comes back as the starter, rushes for two thousand yards, twenty seven touchdowns. And they're like, mm, no. Like he was a better running back. Uh, now these I mean, you know, okay, these might be like cursed words here because I love Saquon Barkley. But Rashad Penny last year was a better running back statistically than Saquon Barkley I can and Bryce see it. Love. I can see it. Now, if you put Rashad Penny if you put Rashad Penny on Penn State, he might have been even better. He would have had a better offensive line. He would have been playing tougher defenses, mm-hmm. but he would have had a better crew in front of him. You know why Nebraska never had any they had plenty of great running backs while there statistically? Mm-hmm. But they uh, only a few ever really translated well into the pros, mm-hmm. and that's because they always had the best offensive line in the country. 
That's always why that happened. Well, it was plug and play basically. He mm-hmm. just took running back. He's like, well, as long as we block for him, they'll probably get Ex- some yards. Exactly. I could I could average three and a half yards a carry if I played on the ninety five team. If we're gonna be serious here, because so? they could the holes that they could open were just amazing. Um, but yeah, going back to the point with the Heisman Trophy just not really meaning anything. So uh, Desmond Howard won in ninety one, mm-hmm. and he he was good. There's no question about it. But you know why he won. Is because he scored a kickoff. He, he scored on a kickoff return, and he posed the, the, as a Heisman Trophy. Even though I forget who was in second place, but he was a defensive lineman for Washington, ninety-one Washington. Hey, before you get too far, I just yes. you can find your thing if you want. I found the name that I was trying to find earlier. It was a uh, Bar Barkevius Mingo, I think is what it was. I, I have yeah, Barkevius Mingo. He uh. Went to the Browns, and I, at one point it was Barkevi, it was Mingo and uh, DeBrickashaw Ferguson on the same team. So I just wanted to put that out there. So um, what I was going to say was, so Desmond Howard poses as the Heisman Trophy, right? Steve Emptman, a defensive lineman, never really did anything. You know, he'd pump his fist whenever he can get a, one of his five sacks every game. Um, well, and he got the first overall pick. Should have won, but he wasn't. You know, his personality wasn't as and he wasn't a skill player. But the worst one to me was um, '92, the season after. Mm -hmm. So the Heisman Trophy winner that year was uh, Gino Toretta, garbage quarterback. Miami, right? Garbage quarterback, yes. Garbage quarterback. And I'll say that many times he was garbage. Couldn't do anything. The man was a bona fide scrub. The man was a bona fide scrub. But he was a quarterback. He played for Miami. Runner-up was a kid uh, out of a 5-7 and seven San Diego State team by the name of Marshall Falk. Who averaged, over his career, he averaged three touchdowns a game. Over his three seasons in college. That's unbelievable. Marshall Falk was he was pretty all right at football. <laughs> yeah, he was he was only my favorite player growing up. He was pretty okay. Yeah, he was my and I there, yeah, like I said, there could be a bias because my favorite player, uh football player growing up was Marshall Falk. But Well no, but I mean like Like you, look you are like You think about those numbers. Are you serious? Well you look at some things and it's like they almost take the year before as like a, a major. Well, did they prove last year that they could do that this year it's like and no, that's this is exactly this what year. lamar jackson did yeah actually if you want to even look at it that way too yeah and it's this year too and he still had the best season because he he followed up teddy bridgewater right is yes. i right by saying yes because I, yeah, I forgot I'm where sure. teddy bridgewater played and then i started thinking about it, i was like oh that's right like they were basically the same player in college that's why it was almost unnoticeable that they switched the difference was that bridgewater didn't run he wasn't as he didn't run, run as much as he, he's more he's more of a he's more of a balanced quarterback he's more of a he's more of a warren moon if you if you <laughs> i get that yeah thank you thank you because well everyone else listening that doesn't partly because we have no listeners but um, houston oilers no um like he could scramble but that but he's more of just launching it in the air he just has a cannon for an arm i think the reason and you can tell me I'm wrong if I am. You're wrong. I think, all right. Next question. Uh, <laughs> if Lamar Jackson had a better offensive line, I don't think he runs for as many yards. What? My point being, the reason he ran so well is because he had to get the oh, hell yeah, out yes. of the way okay, yep. more often. Yes. Okay, I, now I understand what you – yes. Okay. I don't mean that <laughs> – if he had a better offensive line, he may have probably still ran. Oh, he would have ran, yes. But, but would it have would have been, been designed plays. It would have been, been run plays. It would have been, it would have been on a read option. It wouldn't have been, right. okay, there's or, no pocket. Or just a, an option or a quarterback draw mm-hmm. or, you know, a lead draw, whatever. Yeah, but no, he all of his runs. Sorry, the reason he racked up. Roundabout oh, way to get the there. reason. Yeah, the reason he racked up 1,000 yards because it's about 1,000 times this season. Yeah, he's like, okay, I have, okay. He's like, there's no pocket. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go. Yeah, no. I I just like, and I feel like that's something that you look for kind of in a quarterback is going in the NFL is their ability to get out of the pocket, which is why 
I think Lamar Jackson should stay at the quarterback. Allen. Josh Allen. Which, no, and like some of the quarterbacks in the draft like aren't shifty. Tanner Lee. Uh, like they just aren't necessarily built to get out of the pocket. They're all pocket passers, which is like what you want in the NFL. But at the same time, like if you can throw the added – like so not added element of surprise, but if you can throw the added element of being able to run the ball at times, like, yeah, there's not a great history of running quarterbacks in the NFL because they all end up getting hurt. But that's because people think because they're a running quarterback, oh, let's just run them the whole time. It's like, um, no. CRG3. Yeah. Hopefully, as long as his knee doesn't snap forward. Washington, you know, like, I, I was just, like, baffled why they had him run so much. It's like, uh don't yeah because I mean, now but now you know, we now we realized why we shouldn't have and here's your here's your stat um the last quarterback to win a game for the browns was rg3 really <laughs> someone like said something bad about him like he's the reason that like bad things happen to franchises or like the bad things happen to the browns he's like you guys are just mad because i i hold the last win for your franchise and it's like oh wow yikes but I just I don't want Lamar Jackson to end up at the Browns. I want I would like someone to trade up because the Browns GM came out and said that like they're willing to trade the first pick for something. So it's Tom like, Brady. Let's please stop the madness of ruining a young quarterback's life by making him play on the coast of Lake Erie for the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah. So please. Yes. Mind if we uh, talk about some stats? Yeah, I mind. Uh, oh, okay. We'll see you guys we'll, next. <laughs> we'll end the show early then, I guess. Well, anyways, um, with the girls' uh, state tournament coming up. Uh-huh. I, I, I found... The girls' uh, state tournament currently underway. Yes. Started last night. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're welcome. Um, I decided to pull up the NSAA Nebraska women's... Uh, they're, they're women, okay? They're the sure. state records for that. And so I have a couple of little factoids. And then I'll give you uh, our score of not maybe not the score of the night. I can find maybe more, but one of my players of, of last night. Right. But go ahead. Well, yeah, I'm going to switch this up a little bit from our usual college basketball and pro, pro uh, player of the week. Um, so the all time leading scorer. In state history, is Darcy Strack at a uh, Chambers? Mm-hmm. She's also the only player to score uh, more than 800 points in a season. Wow! Which she did that twice. Wow! So the two people to do that are both uh, Darcy Strack. Um, I had another favorite one. Oh, here's the consecutive uh, free throws made: 38 by Casey Calgill. That's a lot. Out of Grand Island Central Catholic. I'm trying to find team statistics here. Um, most points in one game, Westside, 98, Bellevue West, 91 in double overtime. I don't know. Jeepers. I just wanted to bring that up because uh, – well, But my favorite one – But my favorite one – So you keep in mind that the, that was the highest scoring game of all time. It was a 98-91 game. Mm-hmm. Well, in 95-96 – South Sioux City averaged 93.6 points a game. They averaged. Say that number again. 93.6. In in a season? In a, in a season. Not just the state no, tournament. It, no, in, in a season. Second being 81 points. <laughs> Girls basketball. Yes. Okay. So, no, t- so is, number one was ninety three points, and second place is was twelve points behind. Like obviously nothing against girls basketball, but I've seen a lot of their scores. You've never a seen lot. not a whole lot of ninety threes. Not a whole lot of anything above sixty. I'm gonna be honest, but that's even boys basketball too. Like yeah. some basketball is just bad in the state. Now you get the teams that are like the teams like that central are really, really and, yeah. good. Yeah, central and stuff. They'll in score. Boys and they'll girls, put up some they, points, but they'll, they'll put points. But like ninety three point no. six. Wow. South Sioux City and nineteen ninety five ninety six team scoring average. Second, like I said, second place is a full twelve points behind. Um, they have I think twenty five teams listed. 
and they're all like up right up next to each other. Like you know, the second place team will be only like three point three points away. A point or two. But behind, right. the gap between, let's see. Okay, so the gap between the second place team and the twenty fifth place team mm-hmm. is fourteen points, which is almost as big as the gap between first and second. So second place is sixty seven. Uh, no, third no, place is sixty seven. No, um, no. What I'm saying is that the, oh, the, the gap second place, first and third. No, for, no. The gap between first and second is 12 points. The gap between second and 25th. Oh, is 14. I'm sorry, I heard that last number wrong. 25th. Wow. I thought you were saying like second and third. Like there was also that big of a gap. But now, the gap between the Ooh, the, the second is, place team on wow. here and the lowest team that's listed that, is 14 points. Two points away from the gap between first and second. That is unbelievable. And would you be surprised if I told you that the uh, the third team listed on here was South Sioux City the season before? <laughs> Not really? Uh, no. Well, if they hold the first All right. place, yeah, let's do I, some more. Let's do some more stats on uh, South Sioux City in that time. I'll give you the that time. Top, top so here we go. One, night. two, one, two, three, four. So, um, the top six um, single-scoring games by a team instead of both teams combined. Mm-hmm. Of the top six, four, um, four of them were by South Sioux City. Probably the year that they you know, decided to score 93.6 a game. That's absolutely – like, I'm still trying to – the reason I don't even know what to say to you right now is I, I'm like trying to wrap my head around I, that. That's, you think, you think I, I didn't have my contacts in when I read that yesterday, and I thought I read that wrong. I put that thing – I put that screen right up on my face, and I couldn't – see college I, teams score – I know I don't, I'm not trying to compare college basketball to high school basketball. But you don't I mean, see them don't score – I've never seen 93. I just – I don't get that. <laughs> 93 a 93 game. 93 a game. Not like 93 a game you know what, in a you know what? tournament. Or... Let's, 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 for goofs, for some goofs, let's uh, look at, let's look at the all-time record for boys. Okay. And, and we're going to compare. So hey, I'm going to give you my prediction. Oh, yeah? Okay. My prediction is the average will be 89.2 Omaha Central. Uh, one second. I'm looking for... While you look for it, I'll give you your leading scores of girls basketball last night. Uh, leading the way for the first day. Now, some of these girls won't be playing this afternoon or this evening because they got knocked out. But Jordan Fidelki for Ravenna, 32 points. Peyton Brodsky, a Creighton signee uh, for Platte View, 31 points. Kaylee Cummer for North Platte St. Pat's, 30 Aspen Jansa for Bishop Newman, 28. And Quinn Weideman, Westside, 26 points. Quinn, so Quinn was good. Quinn was really Quinn's good when good. I was there. Quinn's yeah, good basketball she's still, still, still good now, I mean. That hasn't I mean, changed. she scored 26, and they yeah. won. So, so my beloved, team scoring average. Team, team scoring average. 89.4 Omaha Central. Wrong, but you're close. Am I close? 94.4. Omaha Central? Uh, Alliance. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. I wow. think they, they. I think they just probably did the Loyola Marymount offense, but ninety-three women. Point six. Mm-hmm. That's less four. than a point for the most in men's. Boys, whatever. But so, wow. As you would, wow. Um, I think you've. I've. It's been brought up before. Uh, the probably the greatest dynasty in. Boys basketball in Nebraska is was Wahoo. If you haven't heard about that team, you care for me to explain? Go ahead. Okay. I, th- I think I may have, but I'd like to hear. Well, they won 114 games straight. Okay. Yeah, I think I've heard that. From 88 to 92. And um, let's see. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. Three of the top seven scoring average teams were one of the Wahoo teams during that time. Three of the top four? Yes. Wow. And um, Wow. Wow, yeah. And then actually, so from 88 to 92, they won 114 straight. And then from 93 to 95, Wahoo, uh, 47 straight. So, 
Wahoo's Wahoo's pretty good. So they were like what, uh, one hundred and sixty-one and one over like one hundred and sixty-two games over like, like a nine, like an eight-year span or really? something. I remember like that. watching a sports bloopers tape from however long ago, and they had a section on just amazing plays, mm-hmm. and there was one. Because I remember it was, I was confused by it because I thought it was a Nebraska game because it was played at the Devaney and you could see the Nebraska right. logo, but like it, it was like gold versus like blue. I had no and idea. No but then I looked, stands. I looked. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, I looked closely and I saw Wahoo, and it was a plate where they intercept four like inbound passes, like they score a basket, and then they intercept the next four inbound passes and score on each of them. Or something like that, and that's and that is how you average ninety four points a game, or or ninety one, or whatever it was. That is, that's insane. That's crazy. Well, most most points scored by one team. I don't know if this is overtime or what, but it was Dewitt in nineteen sixty four, scored one hundred and fifty. Doesn't count. The ba- that wasn't basketball. No, they didn't have the three point line. It doesn't count. Whoa, that's a that's even, that is a little more impressive if you don't have the three point line, but. No. It doesn't count. Because <laughs> no. I say so. No, I just like it. Wow. That's awesome. Stats. Well, I think we give away our, uh, what, what we've been, you know, hiding in our, our, our clutches. I'll go ahead and pull it up here. If you want to try to find maybe the full box while I get the, like, half box here, that'd be good. For uh, baseball. Yeah, yeah, baseball. So Mexico State, New, uh, Mississippi Valley State. Mississippi Valley State. The final score, 39 to zero. Zip. Zip. To, to rip. 39 mm. rip. And rip Hamilton. Rip Hamilton. Now, the most, like, that's insane, by the way. Um, but 30 hits for New Mexico State. No errors. Mississippi Valley State had five hits and four errors, so they almost had more errors than hits. Noah helped was 6-for-7 with 6 runs and 10 RBIs for the Aggies. And their pitcher threw 6 innings, 2 hits, 2 walks, 12 strikeouts. They not only broke a school record, they also broke a whack, the Western Athletic Conference record uh, for single-game runs. Uh, and that was just a se- the series opener. So I don't know what they did the rest of the series, but I'm sure after that they might as well. They should have just canceled the series. I think, I think it was like... Um... Spoiler, we're going to be going deep into this later, but Nebraska's 50-3 game. Yeah. Greatest statistic of all time. Nebraska's 50-3 game. That was a doubleheader in the game before Nebraska won 15-1 to or something like that. <laughs> I think it was 15-3. to That's what it was. But it's like, it's like uh, you know, can't get much worse than 12 runs, loses by 47. <laughs> yeah, you can't really. That's... I want to see if man, did you find the full box? Yeah, I got the full box. Up okay, here. so yeah, Noah well, hopped. I think you mentioned that six for seven with ten mm-hmm. RBI. Um, let me look here. Ten, ten RBI, right? Seventeen, seventeen bases on balls for uh, New Mexico State. And seventeen they strikeouts. Have, seventeen have, strikeouts no, 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 for New Mexico State with thirty hits. How many? Like they they struck out. Um, they had 17 strikeouts. Okay. Not they struck out, but like... Well, their starting pitcher had 12, so... Jeez. Uh, Kerry Wood. <laughs> think about this. They had 30 hits and 17... Wa- they had 47 base runners. Yeah. That means they only left eight on base. Probably. Left on base uh, for New Mexico State. They left 14 on base. Oh, uh, wow. Well, they may have <laughs> overshot it. Yeah, they... Uh, undershot it. Man, they just couldn't convert any runs that day. Oh, there were four errors, though, too. There, yes. So I guess I wasn't... That's That's my bad. And uh, New Mexico State. Yeah, so let's see. We got six hits. We got four. Caleb Henderson went four for four, three RBI. Um, Logan Ennis went four for seven with three RBI. Um, Mason Fishback went two for four with five RBIs. What did you see? Yikes. Okay. Yikes, Aroni. Yeah, Rice Aroni. Uh, oh, dude. Okay. I wish I, w- I wish I was faster at math. Yeah, well, me to, I, can, I can do mental math. That's the only math I can in do. In three games, Mississippi Valley State scored four runs. Mm-hmm. All in one game. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's a three-game series, right? Yeah, they played a doubleheader on Saturday to make it a three-game series. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
How many how many runs scored by New Mexico? New Mexico State won 39-0. Yes. 39-4. 15, 15 so let's see 39 so 54. 54. Yep. Right. 50 currently 54 to 4. And then in the second game with a doubleheader they won 20 rip. So 74-4 in 3 games. That is 25 to 1 and about 25 to 1. Every game. Average. Yeah. What's so <laughs> what's so funny is the Oh tu- my goodness. The Tuesday before they that scored. That is when No, no, no. The Tuesday before they scored 39 runs and I know they played Texas Tech, they didn't score. They got beat 12-0. So Well, now you know what uh program Mississippi Valley's going to cut next. <laughs> All of them, probably, <laughs> to be honest. We don't want this to ever happen either. again. So, uh, New Mexico State m- may be good. Here's the, here's the question. Are they good at baseball, or is Mississippi Valley State really bad? Mississippi State's really bad. Okay, well, sorry, State's New Mexico garbage. State. We try to give you a chance. One last thing. Well, last week we talked about rule changes and, you know, the history of baseball. This is a little different. It's, I guess... Uh, football and how you know you've got peewee leagues, midget leagues, that kind of stuff. Yes. Uh, Illinois is trying to pass a bill uh, to ban tackle football before the age of twelve. I honestly have don't really have a problem with that. Three and a half minutes. So I don't really have a problem with that. Honestly, I don't want to. I don't want to say I'm like I'm outraged. I can't believe they would do this. Yeah. But at the same time, like I started playing tackle football when I was eight. Mm-hmm. I never played football, so... I mean, well, look at you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, like, I... And, I mean, obviously, I'm not really doing anything with it now, but I kind of, like... I think... can't like, really look on radio, by the way. But I think... Go ahead. That, I'm going to just leave now. Um, <laughs> you can't produce a show without me. Anyways, here we go. Um, the... Uh, I was just, you know... I played from uh, age eight to like age fifteen, basically. You know, eight. Uh, it was eight seasons, and I think what you only had fifty concussions, right? Actually, okay. I think I only had one undiagnosed concussion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. So we got like two, three minutes here. Yeah. Anyways, there wasn't. I don't want to say it was a concussion. My mom said that I may have had one. We don't know. We never got it checked. Anyways, this is why I played baseball. <laughs> I probably had more concussions. I have more injuries in baseball than I had in football. So, oh. yeah. Oh, okay. Anyways, point being is I think the only thing that was like a downfall for me is I had already played football for seven years going into high school that I was kind of like, I'm kind of bored. Like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this or not. Like, I really want, like, I love playing football, but at the same time, it's like, I've been doing this the past like ten years, and I know that's how a lot of people are, mm-hmm. and that's how a lot of sports are. You have to play that long, but it was just like one of those. I started having less time, like in general. I was like, do I? So I just like stopped. So I feel like starting people later, one, you'll be more developed. I feel like if you're training for it, but two, like you may actually have a drive to continue to play longer because you started at a young or you know older age mm-hmm. yeah but i don't know at the same time i don't think you can like tell people how old they have to be to play a sport yeah i get that um other than like it's a 15u league or whatever you know? yeah i get that um i am for you know protecting kids and make sure they don't get injured and all that kind of stuff um so I don't think this is a bad idea necessarily. However, I would lower the age to maybe 10. Because I remember being in like second grade and whatever and hearing other kids playing tackle football. I'm like, wow, that kind of just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But um, what, what do I know? But, you know, I think, never played. I think, you know, Got about a minute. damage early, uh, early on will really affect you for the later on and i'm not saying that that happens to everyone but it could happen mm-hmm. um but yeah i would definitely consider i think maybe around 10 or 11 would be my age i think 12 might be a little too late like maybe middle especially school? um i think because that would be a little too late because they have to teach those kids how to wrap up early if they want to have a you know play football for a while so i think that's a good time to start so yeah i just i i don't know like i said i started playing at a fairly young age and i yeah. just kind of think that 
I'd want my kids to play if they want to. Yeah. So, yeah, and I get that. That's just my thing. So, well, thanks for tuning in. It's been Chasing History with Colton Stone, Jake Larson on KRNU2 every Friday from 10 to 11 a.m. Jake, uh, you have a great weekend. Hey, you too. You got any plans? No. No? All hit right. me up. Hit me up with some plans. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, Karen, you chasing hist, right? Chasing hist. Right. H-I-S-T. And at two birds, one stone. At, uh, at songs about underscore Jake. All right. We'll catch you guys next. Well, we won't next week. Uh, in two weeks. Thanks for listening. All right.